Hey, this is David Allison, and you're listening to Sonic Perspectives. Michael the Metal Angel and it's an honor and a privilege to speak and interview the one and only Dave Ellison, the true bass player of Megadeth. Alright, so you got a brand new book out. I express my ignorance, I have not read it yet. I didn't even know you had a new book out. I read the last one and loved it, so I'm going to definitely get it. Um, so this is the continuing story of like the, the second chapter, like after you left Megadeth and then came back to Megadeth? No, or? not not really. It's it's uh, it's funny. It's it's not even like uh, you know, and that story picks up from here. You know, oh, okay. we, we liken it to like a you know a, a, a superhero movie where you sort of recap oh, a little okay. bit of the first okay. one, okay. and then you go on a whole new voyage. Okay, and that's really what this one is. And a lot of it, it started last year when we were doing. Um, an Ellison coffee, uh, kind of Midwest coffee tour, we called it. Right, and right. All of a sudden, we're thinking, man, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened over the last just three, four years uh, since the last book came out. Because I think that came out in 2013. Yeah. And, um, you know, between the label, um, Ellison Coffee, we did obviously the big four shows. There's not just, you know, metal, several Megadeth records. We won a Grammy. Just a lot of stuff. A lot of really. And they played the Metallica song while Dave walked yeah, up. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's you know that that was just the song they had in the queue. You right. Know? But it was funny a... with that because you know David Bowie won a lot of awards. Yeah. Um, posthumously, is that how you say that? Yeah, word? posthumously. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, after death. And um, but you know the cues they had lined up were the Who you know because they just they you know they they, they can't have every song because they're in every category there's six right. nominees at right. least and you can't have everyone okay Megadeth Goch you know right, right. Um, or Corn whoever would have won right? Right, right so at some point they just say hey we need a metal track for this we need a rock right. song for that we need yeah I mean I remember when I went in 2014 the children's best children's book. They played "Sweet Child of Mine" by Guns N' Roses. That's good. So, <laughs> so who knows, right? And it's a it's a it's a Grammy well deserved because with the yeah. work you guys did in the '90s, you should have got Grammys, especially for albums like "Countdown to Extinction" and "Euthanasia." Right, right. I'm not going to argue with you. I, I I think we were you know clearly the better band in a lot of those categories. Oh, um, far. And that's not to disrespect some of the contemporaries that were there because certainly they. We're worthy of being in the category, but um, one of the things that I found over the years is that, um, um, you know, and I think probably the reason even the Grammys are so thrilled about our win um, on Dystopia because I think it shows that you know you don't just get nominated once, flash in the pan, and then you go away. You know, right. there's a lot of award shows that are for that. They're, right. they're, they're clearly the popular. And there's vote. awards for award shows. Yeah, the Grammys are not a popular award show. It's like the Oscars. It's the Academy, and it's the members of the Academy that vote, um, and the con- the constituents, if you will, are the voters of the record labels. Um, so it's a very industry uh, centric. Um, um, you know, Academy and an award show as a, you know Dick Clark, American Music, which I, is a great show. I love to watch it, and they're right. generally the more popular. Whoever's more popular usually wins. Billboard based on chart sales, um, 
But the Grammys is very nebulous, and you really don't know who's going to win. Right, and right. I think for us that... Um, I mean, Motorhead got nominated for covering a Metallica song. So, well, you know. yeah, what I started to see is that the usually the elder statesman band over the years, because we're in categories um, with Judas Priest and uh, Iron Maiden and Motorhead and stuff, usually the elder statesman bands generally were winning. Um, right. Which I think, at least in the metal category, they were. Right. And, which, you know, there's a couple of, I think when we were in there with Maiden and Priest, you're kind of going, you know, they, they kind of deserve to win. I yeah, mean, absolutely. They are ahead of us. They haven't won yet. Right, and right. So when they won, it was, yeah, look, it sucks to lose, but absolutely. Whatever, at least it went to one of the, one of our heroes, too. Right, right absolutely. Now, speaking of Megadeth, obviously we all know and concerned about Dave's health. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the only tour you guys are going to do, or not even a tour, is going to be the Mega Cruise, right? Right. And uh, that's, is, is there any plans after that, or... Well, we don't know, you know, really to what degree um, we're going to participate on that and, or, or in what fashion we're going to participate in it. Right. I mean, um, because a lot of it just comes down to Dave's, you know, how he's feeling at that time after right. he's gone through his treatments and everything. I mean, he right. definitely needs the time to heal. I mean, he's a singer, so <laughs> he's got to take his time to heal. But, yeah, I mean, look, we have we have plans well into 2020. Okay, great. Uh, like Dave's statement said, we just pretty much had to clear the deck through 2019 right. just to go through the treatments. But, yeah, we have a whole bunch of stuff planned for next year. Um, hopefully we won't have to move any of that and that'll stay put in best case scenario worst okay. case scenario is hey he needs a little time to recover we just kind of move some things to the side for a bit and um but yeah i mean look we're we're hopeful we can get back on the horse and get going next year absolutely yeah. how was it playing with kiko Larreo after the last two <laughs> albums i'm a huge fan of uh obviously his early his early bands mm -hmm. um you know and uh, when he when his original singer from Viper, the band he was in back mm -hmm. in the day. Well, actually, he was, you know, in Angra with uh, uh, Andre Matos, and he died last yeah, month. Right. How is uh, how is it working with Kiko? Kiko's great. He's he's a super uh, phenomenal musician. One one of the best uh, musicians I've played with, and I've oh, gotten really? to play. I mean, I think about it in Megadeth, man. It's like I have really gotten to play with the top of the top. Yeah, you have. Uh, Al Petrelli, Chris Poland, obviously Dave, of course. Um, the drummers that we've had, um, we, you know, just looking back over the legacy and not only that, but the producers, Dan Huff, Mike Clink, Max Norman, rest in peace, two of your drummers, yep. <laughs> Andy, Andy Sneap, who I didn't actually get to work, unfortunately with a full production with him, but, right, uh, right. which we were both looking forward to because we're both fans of each other's work, but he did mix the sudden death track that I recorded right as I came back in, right, right, in 2010. Right. right. Um, but you know, I've really been, um, held to a to a really high standard and it's made me such a better player a better performer um we've had some of the best management in the business the best agents you know and and a lot of the guys that we started with were were um you know also new in their careers so we kind of grew up together back in the 80s and the early 90s so that was kind of fun to to be you know, there's a lot of unknown, you know, because you're kind of growing up together in the business. Absolutely. Our manager, Ron Lafitte, who managed us, rest in peace, through euthanasia. Um, Andy Summers, who was an agent of ours back, he basically came in to help salvage the Killing Is My Business tour. And, um, you know, and he's then went on to, you know, uh, you know, he 
he's an agent for Brian Wilson and Social oh, Distortion awesome. and a lot of, you know, okay. he, he still books Marty Friedman. And, that's awesome. You know, what, so it's just kind of cool that we've grown up and been friends, remained friends with so many people over right. the years, you know. And, and I guess all these contacts and all these relationships you've had for the last 35 years have allowed you to branch out. And now you're doing the solo, right. the solo mm-hmm. tour, uh, second book. Yeah. You worked with, um, you know, you did Attitudes and Altitudes with yep. Frank Bella from Anthrax. Yep. Um, you've obviously done Metal Allegiance. Right. You were talking about your coffee. It's just amazing to see you just do so much. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it is. It's, it's you know, when Megadeth disbanded in 2002, and I, I tell the story in the book. I think I told a little bit of it in My Life with Death. I elaborate a little bit more on okay. it in More Life with Death. It's kind of the center of the story, actually, which is, you know, just say yes to things, you know. And I was scared because, you know, you know, a lot. Of, I was in a, you know, I grew up in a, in a band that became very popular. My whole image, my lifestyle my income everything was tethered to that and one day right. that just ended dave called right. up and said look i gotta quit megadeth and that's when he had the arm thing february right? 2002 yep right, exactly right. and After all of a sudden failed, my right. whole world came to an end and uh, at least as i knew it but yet a whole new life developed out of that and um and you know i i was fortunately raised well on a farm in the midwest right. you know so you know it work ethic and I had a family to support and my kids were real young and you know so you know my my ass was to the fire you know I mean I had to get going I couldn't sit around and wait and go well maybe one day the van will come back is like you know what fuck that I'm going man I got I got to get rolling and um and that really you know it it, it helped I, I enjoyed as much as I like being part of a group there's a part of me that's kind of from a leadership point of view that I really enjoy also being on my own um, to do these things. And, and it's nice to have both. I wouldn't want either one or the other. I like enjoy, I enjoy having both. And in your collaboration uh, with uh, Tom Hazard, did you start the EMP label and combat, or was that the two of you guys it together? It was the two of us together, yeah. It started when I when I saw this little group, Dollskin, this little yeah, teenage that. female group out of... Um, I saw them play their very first show at my son's high school. <laughs> and, they, they, and they formed at the School of Rock. But it was one of those moments I saw them and went, holy cow. I mean, look, I've been seeing a ton of bands, obviously, for a lot of years. Yeah, absolutely. And even on The World Needs a Hero, um, when we signed our deal with Sanctuary Records. An underrated was, album, by the way. Yeah, thank you. With that, and, that, and that label was uh, Rod Smallwood's label that he put together. Right, right, Sanctuary, right, right, absolutely. Maiden. Of course. And uh, through that, we had an, an imprint opportunity to, to foster and bring in other bands. And um, and I, I was really actively looking for stuff, and then all of a sudden Megadeth came to an end, and the whole thing just kind of shut down. But it was funny through that process is when I started to um, really get the hankering for producing and doing other things outside of you know just being the bass player of Megadeth. And I think that whole season from 2002 uh, until I came back to Megadeth, I, I did. I branched out and I did a lot of stuff. I did a lot of producing. The problem with producing for me is I get cabin fever. I like to be on the stage. To me, I like to write. I like to record. But to me, recording is a means to an end. It's a process by which you capture your thoughts, which are your songs, and you and you you essentially take a snapshot of them so that you can put out an album so you can get on tour. Because to me, performing is where it's at. Absolutely. I love you can't du- duplicate that, that, that thing that we whether it's a little club like tonight or a you know the big stadiums right, we played right. at the big four. There's a thing that happens when you're just in the room with people making music together, you know, and we're all loving it and we're digging it and we're feeling the vibe in the room. The internet can't capture it. You can't capture it on a on a recording. There's just something there that and and so to me, you know. Um, as much as I like to produce and develop and, 
and even you know manage some groups you know for me it's I, I do better with the bass in my hand being the guy out doing it myself and that's probably why I'm here tonight yeah, you know no. doing this on my own rather than just sitting at home I'm, collecting a check while someone else is right doing it. and I'm in awe about it actually last time I interviewed I think it was about seven years ago mm. when you were with F5 All right. and it's interesting because then Steve joined Flotsam yes <clears throat> and I know he's plays on your new album and speaking on your new album yeah. speaking of the whole the whole Sleeping Giants um, you've got F5 demos on there. Yeah. You've got um, the song with John Bush, which is, if I'm correct, was that a Seven Witches demo or something? That No, that was a track I wrote with a, with a friend of Nick Menzies. Oh, um, was a friend of his, yeah, named Pat Shunk. Um, we went through a season in 1993, Countdown to Extinction tour. We had a break, and he and I wrote like 14 songs. And that's why I put wow. a bunch of them on the Sleeping Giants uh, record. And in fact, even on the digital on iTunes, there's even a few more of those cuts. Yeah, I heard about that. Right. David David Glenn Isley singing on those. Yeah, and that one we had John Bush come over and sing on it, and um, and I, I sing it live actually. And I've been I've been loving it because you know, even with me and Frank with Altitudes and Attitude, Frank would always say, "Man, you you need to sing more. You should sing more." But in Altitudes and Attitude, Frank has got the 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 nice centerpiece vocal for that band. Here doing this, and especially with things like If You Were God, and there's even another F5 track that, that uh, I sing on called uh, Feel Your Pain, um, those are songs that really suit my voice well. You know, they're nice and clear. I'm a real clean singer. I'm a clean player. Um, I'm very, you know, it's just my nature. I, I, I'm not a, I, I don't like a lot of chaos and distortion and all that which is why i bring tom in <laughs> because tom's good with yeah, sort of bringing this, this heavier, rough, aggressive, right. heavier rough thing which is good so it's nice that we have the the the, the, the both of those you know and i think hammer comes down as a perfect example on the record because tom i put him to the task of writing a lyric and putting a vocal down because i couldn't come up with anything for years i've had that music and i just haven't been able to get anything on it so he did and, and he even he wasn't totally he goes, I, this is as good as it's going to get. And I heard it, and I went, you know what? It needs a clean vocal. And right away it hit me. You know what? Call Eric AK from Flotsam. Let me get AK on there. And that, and he, and he, Eric and, and Tom together are a perfect match. And that kind of is what Tom and I do out here. I'm the right. clean guy, and he's got the gruffness. Yeah. And between the two of us, it, it's a, it's kind of like Paul Staley and Gene Simmons. Right, right. Gene's real and gruff, now, and Paul's clean. You know? and, and, it's, and, I, and I like that. It's good to have that, I think, in a vocal dynamic in a group. And you mentioned Eisen, which is interesting, because he <clears throat> sang for House of Lords yep. and Jafria. Yep. And I've noticed now with Combat, um, you know, for me, Combat in the 80s was Abattoir, and it was just, you know, it was Hellstar. It was yeah, all the yeah. great bands. Yeah. And now it's interesting to see, like, the Ron Keel band. Right. And, you know, and Last Crack <laughs> right. and stuff. So it's interesting to see, the, <laughs> like, the hair rock yeah, yeah. mixed in with the thrash, like maybe Hatchet yeah. and uh, Green Death and stuff. And I think that's interesting what combat represents. I know I'm a huge fan of Virus Force Recon, mm -hmm. and it seemed like that was going to get a reissue. And I talked to him about it, <laughs> and he said it should. And it never kind of sort of did. And I was really hoping that would actually finally be on CD not a thousand bootlegs that are out there but it is kind of see that combat is like representing what it was 35 years ago right. but also like new and yeah. a good a good blend was that yeah. your decision well the thing i said to tom is if we're going to revive this thing i want it to be a full-blown thrash and punk label you know cbd weed freaking beer wine skateboards i mean whatever the thrash culture is today <laughs> yeah, i want it to it be that i want it to be that because that's what it deserves to be um, so, you know, and he, so I put him to task on that and, and he, and he gets it. I mean, he's, I don't need to tell him that he right, right. knows that. Yeah. So it's, it's great with that. Cause Tom's got great instincts with the label stuff. Um, 
you know, I'll bring him some things and, and he'll go, man, I tell you what, I'll, look, if you want me to sign it, I will because it's your label and it's your name on it. But I tell you what, I got 10 more that are twice as good as that, you know. And I've learned a lot from Tom with that, you know. that, And a lot of it is just, you know, um, like Archer Nation is out here with us. Did right. we get the Dead by Wednesday guys playing in my Absolutely. band here tonight. You um, played a couple shows with Wrath. And yeah, Wrath yep, yep. Reunion. And uh, Gary played from Hatchet, who's also yep. on combat. Right. They're playing. So, again, this is a very in-house thing. When we do these these tours, these Bay Story tours, we bring all of our, our family together because there's strength in numbers. And quite honestly, all boats rise. As the water rises, all boats rise. And to me... You know, it's a lot of hard work for these bands to be out doing this, and suddenly if they come in under my name, you know, bang, it all gets yeah. bigger, the, yeah. the, the, the presence gets bigger. Yeah, so, you know, to me, if, you know, we always said in Megadeth, like when we were doing album credits, we said, well, ink is free. And to thank somebody on an album, it, do, it doesn't cost us any more to write their name in there. And that name is forever imprinted on an album, and it really means a lot for someone to see their name in there. And yeah, I think cause... we do the same thing here when we can bring our own boys out on these tours like this. Under my name, you know, the ink is free. You know, the Wrath logo on a poster doesn't cost us anything, and it's a good look, and it's yeah. a great way to and be great able to, to have throw Gary Goldsweisers and the guys back. Yeah, you know, and... yeah, and it's a great way to throw something back to our to our home team. Yeah. And I know back in the 80s, before there was internet, anything like that, I thrived on reading thank list and uh, yeah, me just too. everything else yeah, and, and right. liner notes and everything else. <laughs> so when these labels do reissue stuff like the, the you know, like, say, um, Dive Bomb or something like that, you know you're going to get all that stuff. Like I still do it. You know, it's funny. Tom knows that I... Like, I don't like the sound of vinyl. I really don't. And I <laughs> and I know that pisses people off. Oh, my God. There's on these, the record. There's, there's these people. There's these. I really don't. I, ne I didn't like it back in the day. I had to learn to play bass to it. I mean, I remember listening to sitting in my basement with my Zenith stereo when I was a kid growing up, learning to play, you know, all of fucking Iron Maiden Killers album. And I had to pick the needle up and move it back and drop it. Then it would freaking Shoes. skip. <laughs> yeah, and then it would skip. <laughs> and then you'd get the lint on it. And so I, I love digital. I love I love the sound of it. I love, especially Pro Tools HD rigs. I mean, they sound as good as any of the analog stuff. And that's me. Now, again, there's a yeah, lot. Right, of, right. Analog, it, recording is a huge process between mic pre's and tube mics and all that stuff. So you can't just go... You can't signal it out to one thing. A recording process is an involved, you know, signal chain of to get a, 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 an audio recorded. But um, just as a listener, um, I, I I buy everything digital, okay. and then but what I do do is I go back and I buy in the cheap bin. I buy like the six ninety nine and seven ninety nine, the old Guess Who records. Oh yeah, me too. Thirty eight <laughs> special Montrose. What did I just... Jethro 38 Tall? special, right? Yeah. Jethro Tall. <laughs> so, so what I do is, like you said, I, I buy those, and I listen to it on iTunes, and then I also, then I open up the album, and I read the credits, yeah. as if I'm listening to it, right? right. And, and I have my stereo at home, and, I, and I, once in a while, I'll pull out my... I'll put my vinyl on at home, and I'll listen to it. And it, but it's again, it's not shitty. I'm like, yeah, this is why I stop listening to this stuff because it's all blinty and. I, I, I just got Jethro Tull Aqualung, you know? and even the 40th anniversary still doesn't come with lyrics. Got all these great liner notes, all these interviews, all this stuff. Yeah. And so I had to go to the library and get the songbook, mm -hmm. the, you know, the music, yeah. and then actually had the lyrics in it. So yeah. I'm actually learning the lyrics to Cross-eyed Mary, and, right. and you know, and finally understanding like all the the references and you know, uh, locomotive breath. Like, wait a minute, this is really you're, you're especially England based. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the 
like Hampstead, you know. So, you know, I digress. Well, and what's funny is I went to Best Buy one day, and, and there's a guy, <laughs> and he was a, he was a he was a fan, and so he brought me back into the to the to the stereo room where they've got the fifty thousand dollar Macintosh right, power amps right. and all this crap. And he puts on an Adele record, and I sit there, and he plays it for oh, me. Which, you know, again, and he goes, dude, bring me, dude, I'll give me a copy of Dystopia. We don't have one here. And I said, I should bring you a copy of Dystopia, so you at least you get some fucking slamming music to play. I bought Dystopia from Best yeah. Buy. And, with and, that ear and, 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 and ear I get it, the 180-grain vinyl and everything. I, I mean, I, I get the whole were. thing, but you can understand. I stand in front of millions of dollars of the best audio equipment in the world right. every day when I'm on stage playing. So to me, to sit in front of, I would never pay 50 grand to buy a fucking stereo. To hear music that I already stand right. in front of speakers and play, right? I mean, it's just me, and that that's that's me as a as a creator and a recording and everything of doing it. And I'm, I'm and I'm I'm fortunate enough to be in, you know, some of the best studios in the world where I can hear the stuff as Absolutely. we're making it. And and again, it, it, to me, music it, it on that level, you're kind of almost in like a laboratory, you know. Right, right. We were just up at Sweetwater Sound today, listening to some tracks that they had recorded, and and it and it just amazes me how how just how good the recording process has gotten um with the with the, again the quality of the microphones and the studios and just everything that there is um at the same time i love to go back and watch Grohl's movie sound city you know right, because right. a lot of the records i grew up on Cheap right, Trick, right. Bachman Trick, Rover, all Absolutely. these things that were they were all recorded a lot of them you know a lot of them were cut to sound city and megadeth we never worked at sound city there's one studio we never we never went to for for whatever reason, you know. Producers that we used, we never we never cut records there. But um, you know, so look, I'm fascinated by all of it. I, I you know, as a as a fan of music, as a fan of audio and recording that's, that's and performing, amazing. it's you know. I, I I will say I I did purchase that Dystopia at Best Buy with whatever those headphone earphones mm -hmm. in the box. I still love the cover of the box, but right, now right. we want to. We talked that you're wearing a Lithia shirt. Who you, who played with the other night from right. um What other other new bands have you discovered that that you you know with this recent tour that are like you know really surprising you well look i i you know it's funny like that was one i mean it was great and all of a sudden again we have a lot of groups on these bills and i try to you know i don't get here sometimes early enough to hear all of them of course right but uh every, like that's one that just caught my ear i'm like god is and i was like well that's a that's a chick singing yeah she's, Chris has, she's freaking yeah, great did, did she do the fire thing on stage was i she? didn't see that okay. i i heard the dressing room was close by to the stage so i pretty much heard their whole show and she was great i mean we we're all commenting like wow this band is really Really good, and then I saw the T-shirt, and I'm like, that, "That's a great logo." So, yeah, yeah. Um, someone from our staff went and got me a T-shirt. So we, that that's the kind of shirt David we, would wear. We've known Chris you know? and her husband for what 16 years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the crazy, uh, the Cleveland metal scene. Yeah. Now, you, you, I'm I'm a little confused on the coffee thing. We we saw the merch table, mm -hmm. and I saw you had Twisted Sister and Skid Row. I mean, are these guys actually making their own blend of coffee? Yeah, we we make roast for these guys. Yeah, yep, she's the coffee genius. I don't yeah. know nothing about yep. coffee. Eddie Ojeda, we make some for him for the Skid. I mean, some people just have great nails because like, Skid Row's slave to the grind. I mean, come on, that's you must yeah. be a coffee house right there. Exactly. Yeah. Grind, exactly. Know? Yeah. But autograph, we made some for me and Frank Bello. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We do it. We do it. Yeah. And, it, and it's fun because look, it's just an extra fun merch item for people. It's right, just kind right. of part of their branding. Um, just like you know, we did for me and you know for some of the things that I do. So. Uh, you know, and it's 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 fun to just kind of again. It's a good way to tie our community together. And right. some people have beer, some people have wine. Everybody should have coffee because yeah, you, if, you drink too, if you drink too much beer and wine, you're going to need some coffee. That's so. a good. That's great. <laughs> and you don't see too much coffee. Now I have to say, and I have to say on the record, 
What, what do you think of the Megadeth beer? Because I bought it and I love the Toot Limon logo on it. Yeah. But it tastes awful. I don't drink. Okay. Uh, well, I don't either. Yeah, I, I don't I'm either. I only buy yeah. the beer. Like yeah. I buy the Trooper yeah. beer, and I bought Enter Enter Night Metallica beer, and mm-hmm. I bought the you know because of the yeah. logos and the labels. And yeah, then I collect yeah. It. Look, I, I have a I have a, a bottle of the Atulamon beer at my house just because yeah. it's just a Megadeth beer. beer. It's, right. It's, uh, it, you know, look, I have the Kiss Cola there too. Right. Right. The, right. The yeah, yeah. 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 Cola. You know. So, um, but yeah, I don't drink. Uh, I don't drink alcohol, so I have not tasted it. Oh, okay. So you haven't even tasted it. Haven't tasted it. Yep. Oh man. So the beer. And again, we look. We have with combat. We have some cider and wine and beer and stuff. But okay. I, I get. I don't. I don't drink. So I right, don't right, say right. stuff. You know. So. Yeah, I'm not a, a, a connoisseur of alcohol either. I'm just not a big thing. But as soon as I saw the Motorhead beer and yeah. all these, I just I had to get. And Trooper yeah. Ale is actually really good. And now there's five Trooper Ales, yeah, including one that's got sake in it. So yeah. you know, more power to them. And you're right. I think it's great. You see the wine. You see the beer. You see all these merchants. And this, I think this is the first time I've seen coffee. And I didn't know you had the coffee mm-hmm. thing. So that's yeah. That's, I thought the um, coffee thing was unique. It was. It is it, unique. It is. I thought it was something that's in a, and it's and it's me because i drink coffee it's it's exactly. part of my lifestyle it's part of what i do and um yeah i think people found it kind of fascinating like wow everybody's kind of got these beers now but you know ellison's got coffee so i'm known as the coffee guy now that's awesome so, uh, <laughs> probably. yeah yeah i was gonna say it was, yep. I was gonna say yep. um so in closing we always have you pick a song off your okay. current album or anything like that yep. What would you choose? You know what? Let's go with If You Were God. If You Were God. Uh, yeah. That's the one you sing on, right? Yeah, it's one I sing on. Yeah. Again, on the recording, it's my friend John Bush on there, and it's just live. It's really, uh, it's become, it's turning into a favorite. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Dave, it was a true honor. I can't believe yep. I'm sitting in the car with you. That's just, just amazing, and looking forward to seeing you live. Awesome. Thank you. See you. You bet. Is what they taught. This blood is spilled.